Uh, welcome again. This is uh, Tony Clark. Uh, thanks for joining this podcast. Uh, tonight, we're going to have a little chat with uh, state final official Nate Kesson. Um, talk about a few topics here. Nate, uh, just real quick, uh, how long you been officiating? I just finished my 17th year, Tony. Great. 17 years. Thank you for having me. Um, looking forward to having a chat with you this evening. All right. Um, just I just want to just keep this loosey goosey for the guys off the. Uh, I want to talk about stalling. How do you how do you just in general feel stalling in Illinois is uh, progressing as far as the officials calling it? Yeah, I mean, so when I think of the word progressing, you know, I think of you know, how are we how are we moving forward and and really look at how are we getting better. Um, or are we getting better? I think is the is the key question. Um, you know, there's been continuous rule changes um, over the last ten years, and I'm sure beyond that. But, but I'm I'm going to speak to the last ten years um, within wrestling, and you know, within those rule changes, there have been quite a bit of uh, evolution with stalling. And so I think you know, each time there are are major changes or additions. Um, in other rules, sometimes stalling is, is affected by those by those rule changes, um, and I think people are really trying to work hard to to get stalling um, in a good spot to where it's called correctly on a consistent basis. I still feel like we have quite a bit of ways to go to to bring the group together, the group of officials, which were you know just below about 500 officials in the state of Illinois. Um, so to bring all all 500 or you know, maybe there's 400 that are active, bring all 400, you know, together and get them on, on the same page, at least as close as possible. So we're making positive strides, but I, I, I still feel we have a long way to go. So over the last couple of years, I know you had mentioned 10, uh, we've added like in a neutral position, the, the backing out and the pulling out. Do you think that has helped uh, the officials better define stalling from the neutral position? Uh, yes and no. You know, I think it's helped uh, define if we go out of bounds and we go out of bounds because one of these two reasons that um, it's a, it's an automatic stall call or, it, you know, in theory, it should be an automatic stall call. Um, I think in some ways, though, it's it's had officials focus more on going out of bounds versus what's happening between those whistles and who's who's really pushing the action, who is taking the shots, who is trying to score versus who is trying to defend, you know, that initiate versus react uh, mindset. So um, I do feel like it's cleared things up to where if we go out of bounds because one wrestler backed off the mat um, or we go out of bounds because a wrestler pushed or pull, pulled their opponent um, out of bounds, then you know, it's, it's provided clarity there, but it, maybe it's muddied things a little bit in between those situations. How do you feel about our stall calls um, in the advantage and in the defensive position? So in the defensive position, I feel like there's a lot of onus put on the bottom wrestler to, to create some action, um, you know, to really, to really try to get, out of that position and get back to their feet or, or obtain a reversal. Mm -hmm. um, and I, overall, I, I, I think it's penalized fairly consistently on the bottom wrestler, on the defensive wrestler. 
you know, where where I see a little bit of variance is on the top wrestler, um, on that offensive wrestler in, in the advantage uh, position on the mat. Um, I'm not a huge fan of calling a lot of stalling on a top wrestler unless they are really latching on and not trying to improve their position, not trying to work for a uh, a near fall or fall. Um, you know, unless the bottom wrestler is really doing all the work and the top wrestler is just hanging on, I think it's a, a fairly easy call to make. You know, you'll hear a lot of uh, people, whether it's folks in the crowd or maybe coaches from the corner, um, you know, talking about riding the hips. You know, really, there's nothing in the rule book that speaks to riding the hips and that being a, a stalling call um, in the advantage position. So I don't necessarily focus on that as much as I do as, you know, what the wrestlers doing with their hands, um, you know, with their feet, you know, with their knees um, and, you know, even with their head, too, when you're in the top position. The other piece I want to talk about, too, from the advantage perspective is when we're on our feet in a rear standing position, um, I feel like I see us all over the all over the map uh, from an officiating uh, standpoint in the rear standing, you know, and really the rule doesn't say you have to take the wrestler back down to the mat. It says you have to attempt to return the wrestler. So if somebody is lifting, if they're pulling, um, if they're trying to trip, those are all attempts and and those should not be, uh, you know, penalized uh, via a stall call. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of uh, officials sometimes want to call that that offensive wrestler, <laughs> uh, the person in the rear standing that's behind. Um, they want to make that stall call really fast on them, and I'm 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 uh, I'm not on the same page there. I would rather allow the wrestlers time to improve, allow the wrestler um, to make some attempts to return allow the defensive wrestler adequate time to to try to escape as well and, and make sure I'm looking to see that the defensive wrestler is aggressively trying to escape and they're not just holding the hands until they get the stall call and then letting the hands go and getting their one. So you got to look out for that as well. How do you feel about the rule change that better defined fleeing and, and trying to create that separation uh, between fleeing and stalling. I'm I'm a big fan of that uh, of that rule change. You know, going back to that rear standing position as an example, and you know, say I'm the offensive wrestler and I've got a a full lock around the body around the torso, um, and we're towards the edge, and I give you a nudge to either push you or I pull you out. You're not really close to close to scoring there, so I think the stalling call is is um, you know the better call of the two in that situation and that rule change, you know, provided that clarity in that situation. Whereas previously, most likely that would have been penalized for um, pushing the wrestler out of bounds, you know, and, and fleeing the mat when, when really I think a stall call is, is warranted there versus a flee. So I'm a fan of that change. And I think it provided some additional clarity there to where, you know, it doesn't put you um, in the spot of making a potential match altering call, you know, when there's not, when there was a little bit of gray area there before where now it's, it's, it's fairly clear. As uh, an IHSA uh, wrestling clinician and uh, as a new member of the IHSA rules interpreters for wrestling, how do you address the officials who would ask the question or make the statement I don't like to call stalling because I don't want to influence the outcome of the match. 
That's a great question. Um, and really, it's it's one that if you're going to mature as an official and if you truly want to move up, move up the ranks and take on, you know, more challenging assignments, take on, you know, um, sectional assignments and, and, and state final level assignments, you know, you have to you have to become proficient, um, you know, with calling stalling. It's, it's, it's a big part of folk style wrestling to make sure that the match is progressing uh, forward and that points are being scored um, and that, you know, we're, we're progressing throughout the match. And so, you know, that's something that you're going to have to get over and you're going to have to figure out, you know, what stalling is and what stalling isn't. Um, and that, and that can be by obtaining that rule knowledge, you know, reading through the rule book and really focusing on rule five and rule seven, um, you know, where, where stalling is addressed quite a bit inside of the rule book. And, you know, also, also following up with the case book and, and reading those case situations, um, going to clinics, you know, watching officials um, who you feel do a nice job of calling stalling and having discussions with those officials, talking with the coaches too, you know, when, when time permits and, and, you know, finding out um, in, in their mind, you know, what, what a good stall call is and what a good stall call isn't. Um, you know, I think all of those things will help you progress and, and you'll get, you'll improve your skills. You'll gain that knowledge and gain that comfort and it'll come, it'll come more natural as time goes on. And then you won't, you know, be putting yourself in those situations where you are um, affecting the outcome of the match. You're just calling the match based on the rules. The kids are, the kids are determining the outcome. So that's the way I look at that. Okay. And I know you, uh, you do some officiating out of state. You, you you do some national tournaments at different levels. How do you think our officials compare with other state or other officials when when it comes to stall calls? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think overall we do a we do a nice job in Illinois as compared to some of the other states. Um, you know, some states, you know, really, really won't call a lot of stalling. If you look at the officials as a whole, um, I know when I go to, when I go to Wisconsin to work the Cheesehead, you know, every season in, in the first week of January, um, you know, you see a couple different styles up there. I think they do a nice job of, of calling stalling um, on the bottom. Um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with all the stall calls I see from the neutral position, you know, there where, you know, you have a wrestler shooting in. Um, and we get into scrambles and we end up in a stalemate. Um, you know, I've seen several times where that's been interpreted as, you know, creating multiple stalemates um, on purpose to to not progress the match. Um, you know, so I feel like our, our neutral stalling, you know, we're, we're a little inconsistent when it comes to the out of bounds scenarios, but I don't see a whole lot of, you know, what we call mystery calls or kind of just head scratchers you know, where a wrestler's trying to trying to score, they're trying to shoot, we're getting caught in stalemates and, and they're still getting hit for stalling. That really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But um overall I, I, I think we do as good, if not a better job than than most of the other states that I've seen, um, collectively, you know, when it comes to stalling, especially especially in the neutral position, um, and then on the mat in the bottom position as well. So if you were to give us a report card grade, um scale of one to 10, 10 being the best Illinois officials. Um, let's break it down. How do you think 
you know, what, what, what our report card be at the, those of us that are at the state level, what grade would you give us? At the state level, you know, I'd say we're at a seven and a half. You know, I think we're getting it right. Um, you know, probably 75% of the time, um, which, you know, it's not good enough. Um, I think, you know, you as our, our head clinician, um, you know, and, and several other, you know, folks that are rule interpreters and clinicians, you know, realize that and we're doing the best we can do to, to bring up all levels, but to, you know, really focus to your point on that state final official group, which is, you know, really 36 individuals every season um, that are you know on the mat blowing a whistle during our either individual finals or our dual finals. So I, I give us a seven and a half, um, you know, overall. And, uh, you know, I think we got to find a way to close the gap and, and try to get into that, that, you know, that 95th percentile, um, you know, that, that should be the, that should be the goal. Um, you know, hundred percent really should be the goal, but there's always going to be, you know, 5% of the calls that I think could go either way just based on judgment. So if you take that out, then, you know, your goal should be 95%. So what would your report card be, uh, for us as a whole, not just the state final officials, but even that middle tier, that sectional or that regional official, uh, just from what you've seen in your experience across the state this year, what kind of report card would you give us? Um, you know, when you factor, factor all the officials in, and I think you need to factor in, um, you know, the experience level and, and the skill level too, when you're, you know, when you're kind of making that grade and, and, you know, waiting that and, um, you know, I, I, I put us somewhere between a six and a half and a seven. Um, you know, I, I just think there's a lot of, a lot of room for improvement. I think stalling could be called a lot more, um, you know, earlier on in matches, you know, I, I, I was uh, refereeing a sectional final match this year at, at the opponent sectional. And I made a stall call 27 seconds into the match. You know, we backed right out of bounds, wrestler B backed right out of bounds. And I, put, and I you know, warned him for stalling. And, you know, coaches, 27 seconds into the match, you can't call stalling. Well, why not? If, it, if it, there was 27 seconds left in the match in the third period, I sure as heck would have called it. So I need to call it with 20 seconds, 27 seconds into the first period. Um, you know, so I think if, if really focus on calling stalling more often, you know, then it'll be called more consistently. You won't get those complaints. Thing in the first period, you didn't penalize him there. Um, but then when our guy did it in the third period, you penalized us. You know, what the heck? And how are we supposed to wrestle? How are we supposed to coach when we don't know what's coming? So I think it uh earlier on more consistently and you know with more clarity and more confidence um i think we can close the gap and you know get the team get the the entire team of officials you know up into that upper echelon you know 85 90 95 percent um you know when it came to a when it comes to a grade well as one of our uh teachers of our officials how do you respond to the to the official that that ask you this question um how do they respond to a coach when taken to the table complaining that their wrestlers taking all the shots what should their response to that question be yeah so if somebody asked me that question you know hey, the table and complaining about my stall calls um or my lack of stall calls um you know i think you uh number one had to realize that you know that that's a, a, a a clear, you know, questioning judgment situation and right, wrong, or indifferent, the rule book, you know, clearly, clearly addresses that um, as a coach's misconduct. But, you know, I think rather than just penalizing the coach 
right away and saying, hey, coach, you're questioning my judgment. Here's your misconduct warning. Go sit back down. You know, I I, I think you can give a, a 10 or 15 second explanation of, of what you're seeing and why you're calling what you're calling or why you're not calling what you're not calling. Um, and, it, you know, give them that quick explanation and then, you know, move forward with the misconduct warning, um, you know, for questioning the judgment. Stalling is a judgment call. And at the end of the day, um, unless there was a misapplication of a rule um, that affected that stall call or that lack of stall call, you know, you would need to need to assess the misconduct penalty. Um, so I think that would be my response. And, you know, really is my response, you know, when I do get asked, I have been asked that question before. So I think communication is is um, critical there. And then also being consistent and, you know, making sure that, you um, that you do assess the misconduct if it's if it's warranted. Uh, same question now, you know, the official comes to you and says, how do I respond to a coach? Uh, his wrestler is on the bottom and he wants a stall call on the offensive wrestler for riding the hips. Yeah, so the coach that, that came to the table, his, his wrestler is the defensive wrestler and he wants the the top wrestler would be called for stalling, so he takes you to the table uh, during the next charge or during the next timeout. Yes, um, I think it's a, a similar a similar approach. You know, um, you have to you have to give a quick explanation of of why you're calling or what you're not calling, and then again, that's a you know that's a clear um, questioning judgment situation there, and you have to go the misconduct route because if you don't feel like it is stalling, and you haven't made that call. Um, you know, then it's, it's clearly subjective at that point and it's in somebody's, um, judgment and, you know, you have to, you have to penalize and, you know, if the, if the, if the defensive wrestlers, you know, has his or her head down, um, they're not moving their hands, they're not, you know, moving their hips or their knees or their feet, not, you know, not trying to get out or anything like that. You give them that quick explanation, you assess the, uh, the warning or the penalty, and then you move about your business and get back to the match. Good, good. I think those are uh, should be helpful to uh, those that uh, tune into this. Um, closing remarks, uh, any topic or any advice that you want to throw out there to uh, officials of all levels? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'll stick to the theme here. I know, you know, there's going to be themes with uh, with the podcast. And so I want to stick with stalling. And and really, I think, you know, the advice or the, or the wisdom that I'll that I'll give folks is kind of how I've approached it the last, you know, 16, 17 years um, since I've been officiating. And, and that is, is to continue to develop yourself that, you know, that self-development piece is, is huge. You know, we have several learning opportunities available that are offered um, by the IHSA and the IWCOA here in the state of Illinois. You know, we have our, our uh, July officials conference where we get together. Um, this year it's going to be in Bloomington, Illinois. And you can sign up for that at the uh, on the IHSA.org website. But um, the IWCOA hosts, you know, 12, 12 to 13 officials development clinics um, every fall. You know, we have rules review, um, rules review sessions in January and February. You know, we've done webinars, mid-season webinars, and um, a variety of other, you know, ways to, uh, to get educated and to develop yourself. So I think you have to start there. You have to start with the rule book and the case book and all the different video that is available. 
um, you know, whether it's on, you know, the different YouTube channels like yours, um, you know, the Assigner Guy uh, YouTube channel, um, IWCOA YouTube channel, you know, and then and then Illinois Matman has, you know, videos of, of matches and watching those matches and watching the calls or the, or the lack of calls and, you know, really trying to connect that to the rule book. And like I said, focusing on rule five and rule seven where Stallings addressed um, within the rule book and the case book. Um, and then talking to your mentor, you know, and talking through situations, especially if you have video of yourself officiating, you know, looking at that video, maybe watching that with your mentor or um, an official or two that you highly respect, you know, with regards to their abilities to to call and not call stalling. Um, and uh, I think that's, you know, it, if you're doing those things, um, you know, and and, you know, talking with the coaches to understand, you know, their viewpoint and trying to trying to understand where they're coming from as well. Um, you know, I think you're hitting it from a 360 degree perspective and, and really the only thing you can do is improve. But if you're not putting effort in, into those areas, you know, you're going to limit yourself and your ability to, to improve uh, with regards to stalling and, and really in, in regards to officiating as a whole. Well, thank you, Nate. Uh, that's about the end of our time. I want to thank you for uh, taking time out to do this. And I'm, yeah, you are right. We do want to uh, put more of these together, covering other topics uh, that we feel that the uh, officials would would love to hear. So again, thank you for uh, taking time out of your evening to do this for us. Yeah, I appreciate it, Tony. Thanks for having me. Um, it's been fun. And uh, we'll talk soon. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.